0: everybody welcome to the 327th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man
1: what's up y'all sage is here ready to talk about this uh chalk more draft this is this is what gets me excited man us playing 40 plus dame 40 plus minutes a night to beat the worst teams in the league with major injuries doesn't get me excited but these 19 18 20 year old prospects that have all the potential in the world, kind of motivate me to talk about basketball. So I'm very excited about another Future Fridays episode. And we have a uh, prospect that is one of the most athletic guys in the uh, NCAA.
0: Yeah, we're talking about uh, Villanova freshman uh, Cam Whitmore, uh, 6'7", 225, uh, currently ranked as the the second overall power forward um by by tankathon and he was a a five star he was the the 10th overall player in the class of 2022 from Maryland decided to stay on the East Coast uh play with the Villanova Wildcats um who have had an uncharacteristically bad mediocre season by, by those standards. Uh, They are 16 and 15 on the year, 6th in the Big East. Uh, Jay Wright is no longer there. So it's hard to tell. Like when I'm looking at a prospect, some of the things that go into my uh, thought process are, are what school are they from? You know, because college coaches have a track record for how their players produce in the league. For the longest time, you didn't want to touch a a Duke Blue Devil. You still probably didn't want to touch a Syracuse Orange um, outside of, you know, Carmelo Anthony was that exception. On the the other hand, John Calipari and Jay Wright continuously sent players to the league year after year after year. But with Jay Wright no longer um, in the fold in Villanova, it's a little bit of a different process, but uh Cam is a very unique prospect in the class of 2023 Uh at the moment in, in 23 games, Cam is, he's getting a lot of time, 27 minutes per game, uh 12.6 points on the season, shooting 46, 47% from the field, 34 and a half percent from three, 73% from the line, grabbing five rebounds and really just uh, getting one, one and a half steals almost an assist per game and a half a block per game. So, so not much there, but again, it is a little tricky to look at college statistics and make a direct comparison to how that will correlate or translate over to the next level. But if you do look at his per 36 minutes, that does jump up to six and 6.7 rebounds, nearly two steals per game, um, and 17 points. So Sage When we're looking at a player like, uh, Cam Whitmore, I I think he's probably one of the most unique prospects in this, this draft. I feel like as basketball players evolve, we are going to continue to see like players who were not able to compare to former or current NBA players any longer, whether it's Victor Wimbanyama, Amen Thompson, uh, Even Chet Holmgren last year, like there's there's going to be these these outliers, and it's it's fun, but it's also difficult because you can't look back at someone and say, oh, this player reminds me of X, and this is how they played in the league. Now it's even more of a crapshoot because if you look at at the ringer and what their comparison their comparison for Cam Whitmore isn't even a player it's shades of a semi truck with a ferrari's accelerator um they have him as the eighth overall prospect in this class um the the bonuses the bonuses for him positional versatility athleticism feel for the game and everyone's favorite got that dog in him so sage tell me a little bit about cam whitmore and why he was the second player that we decided to discuss for the class of 2023 future Friday edition.
1: Well, he's, he's projected in where the Blazers potentially could have picked before they won those two games. When you look at those highlights of Cam Whitmore, you see somebody that's like a, a physical freak going downhill one direction. He is, he is that dude athletically. You see him throw the ball off the backboard, catch it, and then dunk it. Like, that athleticism is pretty damn rare. Once I went past the the uh, the uh, highlights, I looked at him, and there was a lot to his game. I think a lot of it comes off that athleticism. And I, I think we need to talk about athleticism. We have a guy in Shaden Sharp that's 99th percentile athlete.
0: I don't I, I, 100 like okay. I, think he,
1: I think if you're 2k you
0: give him that 100 rating okay for I, I'm,
1: I'm cool with that I don't give Cam that no I think I think as a athlete that can go straight line he's pretty there but once you have to go laterally anyway then that athleticism kind of goes away which is very worrisome if you're talking about a guy that's an athlete well, the second he has to go lateral, it's you're also it's not good. talking about an undersized forward. And, I, I truly don't believe he's six seven.
0: And you're also looking at. I think there's a difference when Shaden is a beast wherever he jumps off of, but there's this distinct difference when Cam jumps off of two feet versus when he jumps off of one foot. Um, when he jumps off of two feet, he pops. He's a top five prospect to me. And then I started watching more and I was like, I, the athleticism isn't wowing me like it should if I'm looking at, it, at a top 10 player. And how often are you going to be able to get to that two foot gather? It, it's not. You're more likely to get your momentum off of a one foot jump it, just in in the game of basketball, especially playing with uh, the NBA's uh, elite talent. So that is probably one of the biggest worries for me is that explosiveness um off of one foot isn't if if the two feet is is a a plus the one foot's probably a B
1: he can get the job done but it's not gonna be like it looks like he has like springs in his shoes when he jumps off two but the second it goes off one it's just like oh. he is a fine athlete and when your main thing is he is a great athlete but in certain scenarios which happened in the NBA quite a bit, He's a fine athlete. It gets you to worrying. I think we should talk about his his pro parts of his offensive game first before we go to the.
0: I mean, the pro parts for for me what 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 jumped out was you're watching early season Cam Whitmore, and the reason he skyrocketed up draft boards is you get visions of Philadelphia 76ers, Charles Barkley head down playing the passing lanes, a bat out of hell. He's just like a battering ram. And then he's doing these two foot euros bouncing mm-hmm. through the lane. And you're like, my God, how is he not like the number three prospect in this class? Like he's missing shots, but then doing a quick Dominique Wilkins, like one hand put back mm-hmm. slam, just the the bounce that he has immediately um, around the rim. Like he also has a, a bit of, of a handle for his size. Like he's got a a little bit of. For his size, he he has shown G6, against five, against man. against collegiate players. If you want to talk about pros, I'm giving you the pros. Against collegiate players, he has that Zion ability to kind of get even just the, the slightest advantage, but then lower the shoulder, use the force, and create the space that way. I don't know if that's going to translate NBA, but you're looking at a collegiate prospect. He is able to kind of wreak havoc. And what does give me hope, we watched the collegiate game stage. It is packed in there like some sardines. The NBA is wide open. He is going to have much more room to operate at that level. And he's probably not going to have the eye of every defender like he is at, at Villanova. So he's probably just going to worry about one guy. And if I think he is a bit of, of a matchup pick. So you get him in there, a change of pace, because we really haven't seen a lot of players with his his power his athleticism but he he does have nimble feet like that we're not you know rest in peace we're not talking about caleb swanigan as an undersized forward here really not able to, to move like that like he does have some nice feet to him so i i think there is a path where i see him developing that ability to operate on the perimeter tighten up the handle and you know get that get that first step around there so i i do see that and the shot isn't broke. It, oh, it's no. not where not where it needs to be, but I don't think the form is anything to to scoff at. I think, I think he probably needs to be a bit of a catch and shoot guy at the NBA level. Right now, he's doing a lot of you know one dribble between yeah, the legs. He's moving. He's moving. Up, and that's a difficult shot for a nineteen year old to master. And you can look at his game logs. I know he had an injury uh, early in the season. And it was thumb. I was watching some videos and, and you know they were saying like January it started to tick back up percentage wise but then I started looking at the February logs and you're seeing a lot of over fives, one for sixes from 3 and to me that that's that's okay. You what you want to see is a form. Like it can that form start to replicate um accuracy and, and i believe that especially if he's not being asked to be the number one option so i don't think the shots broke we're we're gonna talk later about prospects like amen thompson i think that shot's probably <laughs> broke and you can't fix that with with cam i think you can correct that to become a league average shooter it takes again work ethic practice repetition all <laughs> of the above but we, we've seen that before will barton this year little Both came to Portland, not known for the jump shot. And I think they've become respectable shooters at at this level. It can be done, but at least when I worked with the team, Will Barton was known for his regimen and how hard he worked to try to get that to a league average. If Cam has that, and by all accounts, you know, he, he has a desire for the game. And that's another thing that I think is a plus, like he just has a lot of heart and hustle to his game. And I think that's going to play in his favor. Um, wherever he gets chosen.
1: So I I think that when you talk about Cam, you talk offensively, you talk about on ball and off ball. I think the off ball player is a much better and has a much easier track of hitting his potential.
0: And I think right away, that's where he'll thrive as off ball.
1: Yeah. Like I, I I don't think his handle is good at all. I think it's quite bad, but if he can just, he's a very good cutter. And I know the Blazers haven't utilized cutting. I I don't remember being a fan of the team when they utilize cutting. It's well, Shaden's the of, only one that cuts, and he exa- gets the ball half the time. Yeah, like, I remember when we signed uh, Airplane Mode. DJ. DJ, and I thought, if he, if we allow him to cut off ball, then that provides spacing. We didn't. And then you look at all of the other players on, on the Blazers since the Terry Stotts era and the Chauncey Billups era, and there's no cutting. But I look at what he can do as a cutter, as a off-ball player. I think the shot's going to be okay. But the second that you put the ball in his hands, it it, it gets worrisome. I I would just stick to him to be like a Desmond Bain type of off-ball guy. Obviously, the shot's not going to be Desmond Bain. But if you look at how they move, they're kind of similar with the the thick body and like the, the powerful athlete, not the f- finesse athlete when, when he has to create for himself, it gets to a lot of getting blocked off. Cause he isn't good enough dribble wise or creative enough to get past college defenders. And I know the spacing is an issue and this very bad Villanova team is also an issue, but he gets blocked off by like random wings that I don't know in that conference. I really wish that Jay Wright was there because when you look at those Villanova wings, they cut and pass cam Whitmore doesn't get an assist a game. That's a That's a lot of issues. He has to get his shot. Correct. He has to be able to find a way to get to the hoop easily. He has to dribble. He has to pass. Like that's a lot of things to get to the, the peak that we think it is, but like as negative as I'm being about what cam is, he provides a lot with that athleticism offensively because he's a very willing participant in cutting and moving and scoring. He does score well.
0: Yeah, and when I say I think his handle is good, I mean my bar is low. I'm I'm used to Maurice Harkless and Alfred Camino as my forwards, and they I don't think they could really no no disrespect I don't think they could put any sort of dribble package no together. So he is able to at least do that. So that that's my
1: that's my bar. I think right my, my my my. Maya, uh, you have to get to this high for me to say you're a good dribbler. You're you're down here. You're, you're 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 quite a bit lower. But I think playmaking and dribbling is one of the things that he needs the most work on.
0: And that takes time, right? That's how
1: didn't come into
0: the league yeah. looking like that. As as high as we are in shade and sharp, those are his two deficiencies, mm. right? He needs to improve on that, and we both believe he will. But when we're talking about nineteen-year-old prospects, you have to you do have to have a little bit of faith and you have to kind of look beyond what you're seeing. Like, do, are they able to move laterally? Do they have a quick first step? Uh, does the handle, does it look like it can be repetitive and and into something because I tell you, Jeremy Grant probably didn't have that when he came out Mm. of, you know, college and played with the Sixers. Like it, it, it takes time. So when you are drafting someone, Hopefully your organization is patient and you can say, okay, five, six, seven years down the road, this is where we envision him to be. But even if he doesn't, doesn't become a playmaker, I still think there's value in the rebounding. I think there's value in the, the, the cutting. And I think there's just value in in the in the playing in the passing lanes and just having that that hustler on your roster just to kind of energize the, the team. And I think that's something that Portland lacks a, a bit. Um, to be to be quite honest, and I think there's always going to be a spot for that type of player in the league. I mean, coaches love players that dive on the floor, that kind of are gritty, um, and will just do whatever it takes to to get in the open court because that's really where he is going to thrive. Is can you get him the ball in the open court? There's a little bit of Jerome Kersey to that. Like if he can play the lanes, like just you're going to want to get out of his way. He is like <clears> a freight train off the tracks and. Nobody's he has his hard. man's body already. Yeah, nobody's going to want to that. that he's
1: physically built for, I'm fucking running through the wall, and you better get the hell out of the way, type of type of athlete. Because he 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 is a wide, strong man at two twenty six or however. he... Like I don't believe that he's six seven. I do believe that he's two twenty five at least. He
0: is the ring. The ringer has him listed six seven, seven foot wingspan. 232
1: weight yeah i i believe i believe that weight, and he it doesn't look like he needs to lose any weight he he's got his man's body ready i do like the the i think he has shown some rotational skill in on defense as well he is a very good rebounder for his size but i think that with that athleticism and on defense you can jump off too because there's you you have the time to actually set your feet and jump, I think that he could be a very good rotational defender. If like let's say he is actually six seven and is the power forward on the team, like I think that he could be a really good rotational shot blocker, and like he can put some defense on on that rim side because we we've seen in the last twenty games with Drew Eubanks, like he has the ability to block shots, but he doesn't have the like patience to not jump. I think if you have Cam Whitmore help side, it makes things a lot more easy for him. So I I think the, there's rotational stuff that he does. There's jumping the passing lanes. And I truly don't think that he'll ever be taken out because he's targeted defensively. Like, I think that at worst, he's going to be an okay defender at best. I think he could be a really pesky off-ball guy. The athleticism defensively makes it so there is that that threshold that he'll always be able to hit as long as he's athletic enough. Do you have anything else you want to say about Cam, or do you want to go to the comps, which I know are very tricky?
0: Let's talk about his his defense and his position. Like the one of the pluses the ringer said was position versatility. I almost think that's I know we're in a positionless game. But when I think about Cam Whitmore and what Cam Whitmore is, not even just to the Blazers, but how he would be used. I don't love him as a six, seven power forward just because the rebounding is good, but it's not great. Like we're not talking about a Charles Barkley, Dennis Rodman type of rebounder, but I don't know if he's going to be able to stick with the Jason Tatum's, the Kevin Durant's um, of the world at the small forward position. So like, where where does he play for you defensively? Is he able to switch on on the perimeter? And you know we talked about the straight line athleticism, but laterally is he going to be able to switch? Is he going to be able to guard twos and threes? Like yes, he can be a matchup nightmare on his end of the floor, but can he be exposed given the lack of height? Because if you don't think he's six seven, I know he has the wingspan. To me, I'm envisioning him more playing the three. I think you need a bigger four and five along with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if you can go small with, with cam. If, if you have, if, if you're Portland and you already have a small backcourt. So just so to
1: say, I think that defensively, I, I think that he has, he, when he's off ball, I feel like he's very lazy with his defense. And I've, I watched every, every game. And like of what 19
0: Bale- year old. Isn't really like I, I, I harped on Paolo Bencaro for that. And that it knocked him down probably more than he, sh- he should have been in my, my rankings for that. So, that's something I'm trying to keep in mind. Yes, it, I totally agree. I think he also... has to
1: be. I think he has to be on ball, or he's not engaged. Yeah, but Nestor Little probably has to also do that. Shane Sharp probably also has to do that. Off ball so, defense yeah. is hard to play in the league. I, I well, and and unfortunately, the last prospect we watched before Cam Whitmore actually is a good defender. So it's it, it's tough to go from Jerris, who does everything textbookly perfect, to Cam who got back cut to death against, I think guys that aren't going to be in the NBA, not even going to be rotation players in Europe and he's getting back cut. So I, yeah, I I, I agree that I agree that off ball is hard, especially for a guy like Cam and Nasir. But right now, when I look at him, like if he's not engaged fully, he's not a good defender, but I think, I think years of you know learning a scheme and stuff will help. But I, if you rated him out of five stars, I think he's a three-star defender. But like, the only way he raises that grade is if he's just a a, a hellish defender in the passing lanes. Because I had to watch him. I like I didn't believe that. This Cam Whitmore in the highlights that I'm watching is, is the same guy that's putting up like five points in a game and then 20 points in another game. The dis- the disappearing act was crazy. So I watched, I'm like, he really isn't engaged unless he has like the ball in his hands and he's guarding the the the, the point of attack. And I'm like, I don't know if that's really like, like th- those highlights take the best part of one game. And then it's like, okay, I see against several different teams, but it's only one highlight. It's like, damn, everything looked good in this highlight package that somebody curated and made, so it looks like this guy's a top five prospect. I don't believe that, after watching him, I don't believe that he's a top five prospect, but I do believe his ceiling is really incredibly high because of his athleticism.
0: I was watching something on Cam, and one of the the content creators made a, a comment, and it stuck with me. Is 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 Cam Whitmore more just of an idea of a I think prospect?
1: So. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, and they made the comparison to Patrick Williams. Like when the Bulls took him fourth, Patrick Williams wasn't a finished product. He was more of an idea, and that that idea has never fully materialized in, in Chicago. Um, injuries couldn't be chalked up to that, hmm. but also just the production and what Chicago was hoping for hasn't really been what the, what they were looking for, especially taking a player that high. So I, I definitely have cooled on cam as well. Like you definitely fall in love with some of the highlights and off of the, off of the two feet. And you just see a bowling ball out there and you're like this, this guy's really fun and could just be just a, a destroyer uh, of, of oppositions if he's on your, your roster. And I was definitely ready to take him, I think with our top 10 pick, but I'd be more comfortable I think in the late teens, early twenties, again, he's not going to
1: last that he's long. Not with that. But that I,
0: I just, I do. I think he's more of an idea. And we were texting. Yes. He has one of the highest ceilings of this, of this class, but he also has a pretty, pretty low floor. So the range is, is pretty vast. And the chances of cam hitting that ceiling. So unlikely. It's pretty minuscule. <laughs> like we're, we're not, We're not talking about, uh, you know, a Zion or even a Barkley where they're producing at the collegiate level. So you can somewhat anticipate that at the the NBA level. Like when you have a player who's inconsistent in their production, that makes it a little bit more challenging to say, okay, well, if they're not producing here, what makes us think that they're going to be able to do it consistently at the NBA level? And yes, there are differences between the two styles of play, the competition, the rules, spacing, all of the above. But generally, when you get these unicorn type talents, they put it together against the level of competition. It's one of the reasons why I'm, I, I am high on Victor Wimbanyama because when he goes up against competition, he looks like the best player on the floor. That's what you want to see, because you can then say, OK, well, if he's here. He's he's basically ready for his promotion, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's no different than anybody in the workforce. You're doing your job great. It's not like, oh, man, this person shows a lot of potential. But when we get them on a call, they kind of clam up right and and then you want to give that that promotion you wouldn't feel great about that so that that that's the hesitation i have um i am when the last see... time bully ball wings worked that's also a very valid point because you does bully ball work in the nba i don't know unless you're a freak unless you're a one of one like, like zion like look back at Michael Beasley. And one of the reasons why I didn't believe Beasley was going to work in the league, because yes, he had a handle and yes, he had a jumper, but nearly I felt like three fourths of his production was going down in the paint and just bullying over undersized, undermatched defenders and just getting easy hooks and, and in lands and same thing kind of with Keegan Murray. I was about to say that, but I didn't want to be a hater in Iowa. (laughs) um, That's not, you can say that's him as a prospect, but what you're really looking at at Keegan Murray is what's his MBA skill that's going to be translatable, and that's jump shooting. Yep. Like that's what he's able to do. Like you have to really remove everything he was able to do inside the paint because that is not going to be applicable at this level. So when you're looking at a prospect and you see, oh man, Cam's just going in there and just dominating these guys, get grabbing the rebound over three, four players and putting it back. That's not going to happen. Like if, that's not going to happen against PJ Tucker and Joel Embiid. That's not going to happen against Brook and Giannis. Like it, it just, it won't. So what can he do that will be able to take over and produce at, at the, at the league level? Um, I'm excited to hear your, your comp stage. Who do you have as his absolute floor? And mine are, are very wide and kind of off the wall.
1: I believe in a shot to be average. I think that he's athletically capable of being a good player. I think that. Terrence Ross is going to be his floor, and Terrence Ross has been in the league for a long time, and now is on a competitive roster for the first time in a very long time. But like I, I, I see Cam as like a rotation guy that can be de- deployed in a very specific way, and he can use the God-given gifts. and I know Terrence Ross scored fifty ones. I don't really think Cam's going to do that, but I do think that most likely Cam's going to be in the league for. 10 plus years because of the athleticism and the fact that he's going to be a, a blue chip talent.
0: My floor is a much lower. Uh, If the shot doesn't come around and he's not able to get that first kind of burst um, to get by defenders. I look at a guy like Stanley Johnson who kind of came out of Arizona with a man's body and he was dominating summer league. Like every, I was like, Oh man, this was the steal of the draft. And then he just goes to Detroit and it really never materializes for him. He's not able to outmuscle, out quick, and he's out of the league. Like I think his floor is the rookie contract's gone. We don't hear from Cam Whitmore anymore. Like, I, I do think that is a potential outcome for him. But when you see my my ceiling, you'll you'll see just how you'll see you'll see that. Uh I think a more league average uh middle of the road comparison arkansas razorback middle of the 90s corliss williamson um big nasty you know he he was a player who kind of played like a bat out of hell undersized forward athletic as all hell and just played the passing lanes finished with a lot of authority now cam has a already he's kind of like a gen z version of that he's able to play on the perimeter a little bit more but still you're looking at a junkyard dog type of player who's just willing to go in there and do the dirty work, obviously has that dog in him. And if you're drafting, and Corliss Williamson was also taken in the lottery by, by the Sacramento Kings, won a natty with, with Arkansas in 94. Um, so if you're drafting Cam, I think you can expect Corliss Williamson. He played multiple contracts, was a role player uh, for, for many years, and had, had, had a fine career. Would you have taken him in the lottery knowing what you know now? Probably not, but I think that's the dice roll you're going to have to take with Cam. Like, I think 8 out of 10 times you're going to be like, "Ah, I don't know if we should have taken that high. You're just really banking on those one or two chances that, yeah, we got the seal of the draft here. So that's where I have him middle of the road.
1: That's a very good one, man. That is a very good one. I was thinking I was thinking Gerald Wallace for the 75th, but I've watched a game of him today, and I was like, he reminds me of Wiggins when he was in college, with the athletic profile, the fact that he can't really do anything on his own, he had to get assisted buckets. So uh, uh, maybe Minnesota uh, Andrew Wiggins, because I, I don't uh, if, if he if he hits, th- he's got to be a thicker Wiggins though, right? Oh yeah, he definitely has okay. To be a th- a th- he's a thick boy, Andrew Wiggins. Okay, okay. I'm very excited to hear what you're. Uh, your 90 90th percentile outcome is for him i mean 99th percentile like if i'm
0: seeing those highlights of him doing you know two foot euros and put back dunks that's sixers barkley to me damn
1: that way higher than me.
0: yes that that's he if, if he is able to get that in his bag what barkley was able to do was barkley was able to have just enough of a first step and then he used his power to get to the lane I don't ever think he's going to get to the back to the basket game like Barkley, but I don't think the game is going that way either. So I think he's a more modern Barkley. Barkley added the three point shot. A lot of people don't remember that, but he was taking and making a little bit of threes, especially late in the games and and nailing them. Um, The, the rebounding that there's potential Barkley had a lot of dog in him. Barkley had a lot of athleticism and just, just a, a one of a kind. And that's kind of what I can think of. Um, it's really hard to say, but that's what, what I'm saying. Like if you're looking at a player that could, you're drafting a player that could be added to the league by his rookie contract, or it could be a potential hall of famer. Like that's why he's so unique um, as, as a player. And I do understand why teams would have him high on their board, but I mean, it is a bit of a, I mean, no pun intended. It is a lottery ticket that, that you're, that you're purchasing with, with, with cam Whitmore. Your odds may not be high, but if you hit, you hit.
1: So, I don't even put the the he is a power forward in my mind because I just ne- never believed that he was tall enough to, to be that. So I looked at wings. I, I, I there's two guys that I think he reminds me the most of, and that's Anthony Edwards and Jalen Brown. I think that he's going to skew more Jalen Brown than he is Anthony Edwards because Ants has creation abilities where Jalen Brown, of course, does, but he's also a really bad dribbler for his. Position just like Cam. So I, I'm thinking a Jalen Brown and Edwards hybrid that I mean shit, that's that'd be a game-changing player, but I just honestly I think he tapped out at Minnesota Andrew Wiggins because I just truly like I believe that it's there. I just think that a lot of shit has to go right for him to achieve the 90th percentile. Like when we look at Jarrus Walker, I don't really think that. Sure, he has to hit at a league average level, but he can attain that. But with, with Cam, it's like, I, he has to attain, like, eight different things in order for him to get that Jalen Brown comp. Or the... He has to... Hit, everything in the world has to go right for him to hit the Charles Barkley comp. So, like, yeah, he has the ceiling, but I, I just don't think he reaches it because of all the things that have to go right. Like, I can... I can't be that lucky to think that the 10 things that I need to go right to get this thing that I wanted happens. I just, you know, like maybe he's that lucky, but I just don't believe that a human can get that lucky with everything going on and how flawed he is now with all of the stuff we talked about. But the ceiling is so high. Like if, if we drafted him, hopefully with the Knicks pick, I could talk myself into anything. But right now after watching him play basketball, I'm like, He's really underwhelming me. All right. You got anything else you want to say, or did we wrap it up on Cam Widmore?
0: I think we, we, we wrapped it up pretty, pretty good. Um, we'll be back again for another episode of Holy Backboard this weekend. We'll have another future Friday, uh, the following week, at prospect TBD. I thought but, we we're doing um, jet. Okay. I guess we're doing jet Howard <laughs> okay. from, from, from Michigan. All right. <laughs> I enjoy uh,
1: watching Michigan play basketball though. John Howard is a pretty damn good coach.
0: Um, thank you all for listening. Sage, let our listeners know where they can find us. And uh, let's take this one on home.
1: We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast, Everywhere where you get your podcast. we are there. Leave a five-star review, comment, and share uh, when we post online. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And we're out of here. Peace.